Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. Good to see Bertie and Pat. I'm blessed, encouraged, thinking of all the years that's passed and the testimony is God has been good to us. And that's a fact. And uh, thank God for being able to come. You know, the years are passing by so quickly and there's not much time left. What are we going to do with the time we've left? We're going to turn in our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. I'm going to read this portion and then we're going to look at the next portion. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. <clears throat> and it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in, in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the fourth part of a cab of doves dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Lord, help my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the winepress? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. I want you to think about this. This is not a comic or a storybook. This is the word of God This happened. This is the truth of God's word. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she has hid her son. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes. And he passed by upon the wall. And the people looked and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Then he said, God do so and more also to me if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. But Elisha sat in his house, and the elders were with him, and the king sent a man from before him. But ere the messengers came to him, he said to the elders, See ye how this son of a murderer has sent to take away mine head? Look, when the messenger cometh, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him, and said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? Before I go into the next chapter and go through it together, I want to, you to consider something. Times are bad, aren't they? One of the greatest things that gets to me as a, an individual Christian is how the children are being perverted in schools with the filth of the education system. I say it publicly, and I've said it to thousands of people, that those people in the education system, and they're getting their wages every week, they'll burn in hell for not standing up against this wickedness, this flood of iniquity. And I say to the Lord when I pray, I said, Lord, you'd have to do something on behalf of those children. You'd have to intervene on behalf of those children. We're after reading a portion of Scripture, and we see where there was a famine in Samaria. It was besieged by a famine. There was a famine in the land. And the Bible tells us that an ass's head was sold for so much, and it was a lot of money. 
You get some res- response if you went into the butcher in Dungannon tomorrow and you asked him for an ass's head. And I'm told reliably that it's not the best of food to be eaten. There's great nutrients in eating an ass's head. But that was where God's people were brought to. That's where the famine brought them. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Amos, in uh, chapter 8, verse 11, listen to these words. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor of a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And why would God send a famine? Why would God's servant Elijah pray that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years? Because God has to bring us to a place where we see our need of him. God has to bring us to a place where we see our desperate need of him. I don't understand people who call themselves Christians going to church on a Sunday and they haven't met with God before they come to church. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can call yourself a Christian if you haven't time with God, if you haven't an effective prayer life. And a friend of mine said to me recently that he was in a fellowship where an elder said he was preaching on prayer. And the elder said, I confessed to him afterwards, he said, I haven't had that relationship now for a long time. He was an elder in an assembly and he had no prayer life. Think about it. We have two women and they came to an agreement because they were starving. Now we never experienced this in our land yet. Jesus, in God's word in Hebrews, we read what it says, For ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. I was speaking on that last Friday night. That word yet is very important. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood. Things are not going to get better all around us. Circumstances are not going to improve. For people to come to God, there needs to be a desperation for God. There needs to be a hunger for God. And we have two women here in our story, and one of them boils her son. Could you imagine it? Think about it. I have children, and most of the people in here have children. And you look at a small... Imagine boiling, boiling the son and eating him. Could you imagine eating someone else's son? And then the following day comes, and it says, now it's your turn. And she hid her son. She said, I'm not going to let my son be boiled. You might think this is despicable. This is the word of God. This is the truth of the word of God. This is the circumstances that they got to. And a king, a wicked king, a godless king. But God is merciful. I thank God that the scripture that says Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. God is merciful. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now I'm going to start reading from uh, chapter 7 and I want you to come with me as I point out a few things that I believe the Lord has shown me for today. For this meeting today, we have the background of the famine. We have the, the value of an ass's head as a luxury for to, to be able to eat. And the other thing that I wouldn't dwell on was a quarter part of a dove's dung and the cost of it, how expensive it was. That's famine. That's desperation. That's an awful description. You say, why did I have to put this into the word of God that we we have a record of a woman boiling her own son? And in the argument that ensued because the other woman decided, I'm not going to boil my son. But the Bible tells us in uh, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1, and if you have your Bible, and if you haven't, you should have your Bible. 
You should have your Bible going to God's house. Your Bible should be an extension of your arm, and it should be something that you want day by day feeding on for your heart, your soul, and your spirit, because these are days in which if we're not looking unto Jesus, we're not going to survive. And that's the end, that's the start and finish of it. We need to be looking unto Jesus like never before. We desperately need to be fixing our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we're heading for these days of wickedness that we couldn't have even imagined would come upon us. And we're getting a taste of it already. And Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. I thank God for his word and the promise of his word. God says something that's going to come to pass. I thank God for his precious word. The word of God is full of promises. The Lord says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I'll never fail you nor forsake you. He said, I'll be with you always. What the promises of God. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again that where I am, there you may be also. These are the promises of God. But you can't have the promises of God or know them if you're not in the word of God. We need to get back to the word of God. We need to get back to the truth of Scripture. We need the Word of God. Nobody has to tell us to put fuel in our car. Nobody has to tell us when to go shopping. Nobody has to tell us when we have to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, the winter is coming. Let's get the fuel in. Let's get the timber. Let's get the oil. But what about our spiritual needs? What about feeding upon God and feeding on His, His Word? Thank God He's merciful. It wasn't because of the king. The king was a wicked king. He saw the God's servant as the problem, and he thought he'd take his head off. He was a stupid king. He had no view of God. He had no appreciation of God. So we're not looking to our government, and we're not looking to our leaders. We're looking to the Lord of hosts, he who made heaven and earth. Praise God. That's what I'm looking to today. And every time I look to him, I thank God the world holds no attraction for me. But you know, when we slack and we are lacking coming to him, those problems seem to come in and start choking our very souls. We need to be looking to the Lord. God spoke through his servant and he said, this tomorrow about this time, one day, one day we're talking about, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Listen to this. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God, a smart aleck, a smart aleck. And he said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. There's people like that in the church today. Ah, sure, they're not listening. There's no one listening. I got a text there recently because I have contact with a lot of people because of gospel videos and because of a prayer rota. And I have a lot of contact with people. And I got a contact from someone that said, there's no one listening. And I just text that person back and I said, my responsibility is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether they listen or whether they don't listen. Our business isn't to detect who's listening. Our business is to preach the gospel. And our problem is that by and large, the church has stopped preaching the gospel. And I'm not talking about just the pulpits. I'm talking about people going to Christian meetings 
and they go into their cars and as soon as the keys in the ignition, the word that they said was a great word is gone. They've lost it. They're not doing anything with the word. When I was coming up here yesterday and the Lord prompted me and I was getting ready and I thank God for my wife, Maureen. I praise God for her today with all my heart. I thank God for her. She has never once stood in the way of me going and doing what God has given me to do. And if anything, she'd push me out the door. That's a fact. She's doing all the bits and pieces that I couldn't do. And you know, here I was and I was praying because I don't want to go without praying. I did not come up here today without praying. I was praying and I was asking God and I read this portion of scripture until I was blue in the face reading it. And I was asking God, I said, Lord, is this the portion of scripture? And just as I was getting ready to go, quite clearly into my mind came the trailer, the big gospel trailer at the back of my house. Now, it's a lot more convenient to drive the car up from Limerick up to County Armagh. It's a lot more convenient, I can tell you, just to get into your car and belt on up the road and get good miles per gallon and all the rest. But it's a much, much bigger job pulling a gospel trailer. It's slower. It's harder on fuel. But I can tell you this, I thank God with all my heart. Thousands of people saw the Word of God while I was driving up here yesterday. Thousands of people saw the Word of God. One man turned his head around so quick, I thought his head was going to fall off in the car. I'd never seen a head turn so, so quick and so fast. But I thank God, you see, there could be someone driving behind me and they could be on their way to commit suicide. And they see in the back of the, the trailer that God be merciful to me, a sinner. And maybe that's the word for them. I thank God for, the, for his word. And you know, the, the Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Before we quote the very, very famous words, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and to the Greek. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want you to ask a question today. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Are you embarrassed? Do you go out, you come into church, you can feel a certain sense of bravado because, oh yeah, we're here now, we can hear the gospel, this is great, and so on. But are you ashamed of Jesus? I pray that I'll never be ashamed of Jesus Christ. I pray that I won't be ashamed of the gospel. I pray that if it becomes a crime to be a Christian, I pray that I'll be hung, drawn, and quartered, guilty, from start to finish. Because the safest place for me as a Christian is in the Word of God. And the safest place is in the front line, standing up for the Word of God, contending for the truth of God. I was visiting a man recently. His name was Clement. He'd be well on in his 70s, maybe near 80. And he's a famous man for me because in 1976, he pulled up outside a pub and he was uh, doing the silence, you say, and he said he'd have a break, a hot summer's day in 1976. And I was outside the front playing with the owner, son of the pub. You know, we were young fellas at the time. And I went over and I stole the keys of his tractor. Never got up that morning and said, I'm going to steal the keys of a tractor today. I saw the tractor, went over, out, took out the keys of the tractor. So I said, what am I going to do with the keys of the tractor? It never dawned on me, put the keys back in the tractor or give them to the owner. So I had to get rid of the evidence. So I threw the keys of the tractor up in a big heap of slurry. So this man doing his day's work comes out and the keys are gone in his tractor and there's two young fellas there and he knows it's not the other lad and he sees me and he says, where's the keys of the tractor? And I said, I haven't got the keys of your tractor. So I told lies. So he knew it was me and he lost the head with me. So he brought me over. I said, I threw him over the slurry heap and that made him worse. 
Why on earth would he do a thing like that? Sin is awful, isn't it? There's nothing good about sin. And boys, I'll tell you one thing. I was a right scut at the time. So he caught my right arm and he pushed it fully into the slurry heap. Up, right up to the joint. He was going to put my head up into it. And he stopped. And he gave me a kick in the backside that if I think about it long enough, I could feel it again. I'm talking about, he put every ounce of energy into that kick. Telling you the truth. And you know, I was sitting in his house only a few weeks ago and I brought a brother with me. And I said, Clement, I said, he's sitting with his wife and, and in the kitchen and he made us a cup of tea. And I, I got to know him because I, I looked up for him. I looked for him and I found him. And I was doing a gospel meeting in a local hall and I told him who I was and so on. I said, say, Clement, I said, because the way the law is now, I said, could I sue you now for upset? I'm upset or, or if I'm disturbed in my mind from that kick. And of course, making a bit of a laugh out of it, you know. And he said to myself and my friend, he said, come in my born again, friends. Come in my born again, friends. This man is not saved. And I said to him these words, Clement, I said, I thank God for the kick you gave me that day. He said, why would you thank God for something like that? I said, because if I didn't get the kick that day, I wouldn't be sitting here now talking to you about God. And you know something, I say this sincerely today, friends. There's a few of us here today, we need a good kick. We need a really serious kick that would get our, get our attention. We need to be moved like never before. And I pray that God will speak to you as you're here this morning. I pray with all my heart that God will speak to you and get your full attention today. So much so that it won't be gone when you just get into the car. So much so that you're going to be different, that you're going to be changed, because God wants to get your attention. He got my attention that day from that kick. I can remember it to 47 years afterwards. 47 years, I can remember that kick. And I pray with all my heart and soul that that man will be going to heaven. He's listened to the gospel. And my wife was with me there. I'd say she, was, she would have given her right hand to be there when I got that kick. All those years ago. She, she was delighted to meet this man. Listen to these words. There was four leprous men at the entering of the gate. Verse 3 of, of chapter 7 of 2 Kings. Now, this is what I call the first leper's meeting. Okay? This was a good meeting now that they had. These four lepers had a meeting. Okay? And, and what did they do at this meeting? They said one to another. So they all had partaken in this meeting. They were all involved in this meeting. There wasn't one person in charge bossing it or anything. They wanted to get this right. This was an important meeting. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Full stop. Question mark. Why sit we here until we die? Is that the way your Christianity is? Are you just sitting down at the meetings and waiting for the time to pass? Why sit we here until we die? That's what the lepers said to each other. They said, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. So that was one option. We'll go into the city. But the famine was in the city where only people with money could buy an ass's head. And when people with lesser money could buy a quarter part of a dog's, dove's dung. Think about it. They said, if we go into the city, we'll die there. They said, if we sit still here, we die also. In other words, stay where we're at. And many people want to stay where they're at. Do you want to stay where you're at? 
Are you happy with where you're at as a Christian? You call yourself a Christian. You say, I got saved in whatever year, whatever date, whatever time, whatever place. Are you happy with where you're at? And they said, if we stay here, if we sit here still, we shall die. But then there was the, the next option. Therefore, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. We're all going to die if the Lord doesn't come before it. Every single one of us is going to die. And the issue for you and me after we die, if the Lord doesn't come before us, for, before we die, is we are going to give an account of ourselves to God. We, we should all stand and give an account of ourselves to God. And I'm 100% certain that when that time comes, we'll wish we'd given him more. We'll wish we'd given him more. You see, I can't do anything about the past years, past failures, past shortcomings, loss of time, whatever. We have now. We don't know how long we've lived. We don't know when God's going to call us or if Jesus comes back before us. But we do know this you have now. What are you going to do now? Those four lepers, why, why lepers? Why do the lepers have to be the heroes? Well, this church this morning, if you think about it, is full of lepers. Everybody in this church is like a leper. We are covered with the leprosy of sin. We of ourselves are sinners. There's the only attraction, the only good in us has to be the goodness of God. Has to be the grace of God, the mercy of God. We can't take credit for any goodness or anything that's good about us. Because we were depraved, we were lost in sin. We were covered in the leprosy of sin. It affected us in every single way. We were separated from God. We were outside the gate until the Lord in his mercy saved us. And God has, has seen fit to use these four lepers. Nobody would have picked the lepers in this situation. But God used the four lepers. And they decided we're going to go into the host of the Syrians. We'll give ourselves into the host of the Syrians. Now verse 5 says they rose up in the twilight. And this is important. You see, when you read the scripture, and then when you read it again, and then when you read it again, the best commentary in the scripture is the scripture. God shows us his word. And sometimes it could be one word. But I noticed that the lepers left in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Listen, they didn't know what God was going to do. They didn't know what God was going to do. But the moment that they made that decision to go into the camp of the Syrians, God was working. And you will never know what God is going to do until you obey him. Amen. You will never know what God can do until you trust him. Amen. And I got into my car yesterday and I said, okay, that's it. I'm pulling the trailer. The minute the trailer was in the back of my car, I was the happiest man on this island. And all the people, it doesn't matter whether they're neighbours or so, oh, look at him, look at him again. Your man with the trailer. And then in the narrow roads, they have to pull in. Because it's not, it's not, it's a big, it's wider than the car. And I found very helpful there when I was in uh, Armagh a few weeks back, I was in a very narrow road. Every person on that road had to take a gospel card from me. Why? Because they had to pull in. There was nowhere for me to go with that trailer. And if they wanted me to start reversing it, they'd still be on the road. And a narrow road. 
So they all pulled in and let down the window. And I said, lovely to meet you. I said, I'm delighted now I met you. And the person said to me, I shouldn't be on this road. I'm only taking a shortcut home. I said, God's organized it. There's a gift for you now of a gospel card. See, we can be reaching out to people and reaching out with the gospel of Christ. And I thank God that if I'm in a traffic jam, I never thought I'd be glad in a traffic jam. Because in a traffic jam, the road, the cars pass you in three or four lanes and they pass you again. And one fellow sees it and he's going absolutely berserk. And two or three minutes afterwards, he has to come again and he sees it again. And maybe someone is videoing the word of God and they're going to have a laugh with their friends. And God is sovereign and he can use that to speak to someone. Because the word of God is powerful. Do you believe that the word of God is powerful? Do you believe that God's word is powerful? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You know many Christians don't believe that at all. Professing believers. I keep using the word professing believers. How can you believe the word of God is powerful? Saved you and then you don't believe today it's powerful. Save others. See, one of the reasons and obstacles to revival in our day is because we are so taken up with everybody else's sins. We've forgotten about our own. Now, I'm not saying that we should be getting up in the morning conscious of our sins. We should be conscious of what we've been saved from. We should be conscious of the sins that Christ has rescued us from and washed us from and, 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 and saved us by his grace. And you know, when I wake up in the morning, I thank God. I thank God when I think about it that I'm not in hell. I thank God I didn't wake up in hell. People, so many wake up in hell, it's too late. What are you and I doing to reach people that we know are going to hell? Unless we've gone soft and we think, Asher, they'll be all right. It won't be all right. They won't be all right. If you have family members and they're not saved, you can't say to my family, I claim my family, they'll be saved. You go pray, that's fine. But if they're not saved, they'll go to hell. They'll be lost for all eternity. We've got to pray for them. We've got to, the, the thing that we've got to watch against is getting used to them not being saved. Getting used to them not being uh, in a relationship with God. We've got to shake ourselves up and we've got to come back to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I know I'm saying it the same prayer over and over again, but I'm asking you again, please, will you save my son, Lord? Don't let my son or my daughter or my uncle or my aunt go to hell. It doesn't matter what they say they believe or don't believe. What matters is, you. do you believe God for them? Do you believe that God can save them? These lepers didn't have a whole pile of theology. They made a decision. It was a very simple meeting that they had. And in they went to the Syrian camp and they arrived at the outskirts of the Syrian camp and all the Syrians were gone. They had never expected that. But they went and God worked. They obeyed. They trusted God. But I'll tell you something. Nothing happens sitting on your backside. Nothing happens when you're doing nothing. We've got to get up and go for God. In whatever calling that God has given you or me, we've got to be people of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's see what happens. Verse 6 tells us, for the Lord made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another. I noticed that as well now. I was looking at my Bible and I was reading it over and over again. The lepers said one to another. Now the Syrians said one to another, Lord, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. That wasn't the case at all. They got it all wrong. 
But God let him think it. And they were absolutely petrified. And I'll tell you, there's an amazing thing about their, their fear. The Bible says in verse 7, Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. Stop! When did they arise and flee, the Syrians, in the twilight? When did the lepers go into the camp of the Syrians? In the twilight. When they moved into the camp of the Syrians, God moved the Syrians out. The lepers didn't know about it, but they obeyed. They went. They took the best option. They made the best choice. And at the same time that the, the Syrians were coming into the lepers' camp, God caused them to hear the noise, and off they went. And this is something that absolutely amazes me. If you were fleeing from the enemy, and you had an option, a choice, would you go on a horse or would you go running? Well, I'd go on a horse, because I reckon I'd get away faster. Unless it was a, even a donkey would do me. It'd be better, quicker than running or walking. Although some donkeys need a lot of persuasion. They left the horses. They never even took the horses. You see, such is the power of God and the might of God that when he puts the enemy into confusion and the enemy to flight, they couldn't even think straight. They didn't, couldn't even think straight enough to take the horses. They left the horses, and not only did they leave the horses, they left them tied. And what happens then? They fled for their life. Verse 8 tells us, Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The wicked flee it when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And the fear of man will bring a snare. We need the fear of God. We need the fear of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So many people are paralyzed because they're afraid of nothing. It's in their own minds, in their own imagination. They're imagining this, and they're like the Syrians who imagined what was, what was after happening. They were wrong. But that fear drove them away from their own camp. What happens with the... Just picture the lepers. Four of the lepers come, and they come to the, into the first tent. When the lepers came to the uttermost part of the, the camp, they went into one tent. Verse 8. And they did eat and drink and carried hence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And I was thinking, boys, they're doing well now, aren't they? Just picture these lepers. I don't know what their names are. I, I, I'd love to have been watching them. I'd love to have been seeing these lepers. And they got raiment, they got clothes, they got food, they got drink. And they said, this is it. This is all our birthdays have come together. And they said, right, we'd better get this stuff here now and hide it. And I don't know whether they had a marking system of putting a stake or something down and said, that's mine, I'll leave it alone, that's mine. And they went into another tent and they did the same. I met a woman some time back, I was doing a mission, and she was coming out the door of the hall I was preaching. She had hardly time to shake my hand, do you know why? She said, I'm rushing to another meeting. I'm rushing to another meeting. And I'll tell you, she was no spring chicken. And I just said to myself, I wonder what she's getting. What's she getting in all the meetings? She can come to all the meetings and come to all the meetings and so on. What are you doing with what you're getting? What are you, if God is speaking to you, if you say to the, the minister or the visiting speaker at the door, I know this might put you off a bit, but I'm going to say it to you. Say, thank you, brother, I really enjoyed your word. Did you really? What are you going to do with it? That was a good word today, brother. Was it really a good word? 
What's it going to do for you? What are you going to do with them? We're at this point. We're, we're in the day. We're in very serious times. The Bible talks about the falling away. The falling away has started. It talks about, the Bible talks about men's heart. The love of, of, the love of many shall wax cold because iniquity shall abound. And iniquity is abounding. But I'm coming to the kernel of this story today. In spite of the fact that we were, they were about to be eaten asses' heads and all the rest of it. And the other stuff which is unmentionable. This happened. This happened. The word of God records it. The lepers are there and they have everything got for themselves. Like the lake that has no outlet. You'll find no fish in a lake that has no outlet. You have to have an inlet and an outlet. If you get something from God, there's somebody else that has the benefit from what you got from God. When we go on an outreach, we pray. I pray before I go on an outreach. I have nothing to give if I don't get it from God. And God always blesses. So the brother said recently, we were travelling around with the trailer. I went to get my, my, teeth, my tooth fold filled in Newcastle West, County Limerick. The doctor moved from Limerick City to Newcastle West. And I said, I'll bring the gospel trailer to the dentist. And I brought my brother with me. And sure, he went off doing outreach around the estates and I went in and some fella came out and he saw the gospel trailer and he absolutely went berserk he went absolute berserk I didn't see it, Pat was telling me about it the brother that was with me I was inside and I was getting more filling more concrete into my mouth and the filling for the dentist but you know the Lord led us from place to place that day I went to the dentist I recommend if you're going to the dentist bring a gospel trailer and an evangelist with you and you'll be blessed but sometimes, you see, we're so thinking of ourselves, aren't we? We're, we're like the lepers. Look, get another blessing. Get another blessing. I'm going to hear, oh, so-and-so speaking in such and such a place. We'll go and hear him. Oh, so-and-so giving their testimony. We'll go and hear that person. You know, that's great. What are you going to do with what you hear? I send out gospel videos. goes out to over a thousand people. In fact, it's probably several thousand. But I know it goes to a thousand people. 67, P, 67 are, are of those are priests. They open them up every single Sunday, the gospel. Why am I doing that? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe in the power of the word of God. I believe it's not a waste of time to share the word of God. Many believers don't believe that and that's why they don't witness. And they're miserable believers. And they don't have a prayer life. Have you a prayer life? You're not accountable to me. Answering your heart. Have you got a prayer life? Were you up this morning? When I arrived last night, I was tired. And I was sending out the gospel videos. I thank God I sent them out last night. And I thank God for Mabel's help with the technology stuff because I haven't a clue about technology. I'm a little bit of a Luddite. I don't know these things, you see. And I was sending out the gospel videos. And, and, and my whole night was nearly destroyed when the computer, the phone started giving me trouble. Because there's nothing more important to me than getting them out. Getting out the gospel to people. While we can. While we've been given breath from God. While God has blessed us and God has prospered us to share his word with others. But you know those lepers initially they were thinking of themselves gathering up for themselves and they were forgetting the dying and they were forgetting the starving and you know you might say oh, sure, 
I never heard of my neighbour boiling her son for a, de- a meal. I never heard of a situation like that. But let me tell you this uh, this morning, friends, here in, in the life button near Dungannon. There's precious souls dying and going to hell right now. They're going into a lost eternity. It doesn't matter what to think of us. What matters is what to think of God. You see, we want it both ways. We want to be accepted. And we can all preach the gospel if I'm accepted. It's nothing to do with us being accepted. It's about Christ being accepted. It's about men and women turning to Christ. God help us to see that. Give us a vision of the lost that we would see the flames of hell licking around their souls as we sit in our comfort. But the lepers didn't stay in that state of mind. What happens? Verse 9 tells us, they had hid their stuff and they had fed themselves to the full. And verse 9 tells us they had another meeting. The lepers had another meeting. They said one to another, we do not well. We do not well. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm sorry for the opportunities I didn't take. I'm sorry for wasted years and wasted opportunities. And I said, Lord, whatever you have to do with me, will you sort it out this side of eternity? Do it this side of eternity. But I said to the Lord, and I'm not as healthy as I used to be. I don't have the energy I used to have. I said, Lord, I pray that I would meet every single person you want me to meet before my time is up on this earth. And when I put that trailer on my car yesterday, I could see the rotten flesh that didn't want to put it on. The rotten, stinking flesh. We would damn souls to hell every single day of our lives to satisfy ourselves and keep our little bit of comfort. But that's not comfort. And I thank God for these lepers. They said, we do not well. And I pray that there'd be someone, and more than someone, more than one here today, that could say that in their heart. I haven't done well. I'm not doing well. I'm sorry, Lord. Will you help me, please, to go where you want me to go? Will you help me, please, to do what you want me to do? Lord, whatever you have to do to get me to do what you want, will you bring that about in my life? The leper says we do not well. What did they say after that? They said, this day is a day of good tidings. In spite of the ass's head and the two women situation with the child being boiled and eaten by the two women, in spite of there being a wicked king and we have a wicked government and wicked governments, but our government is not on this earth. The government belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the eternal government that has no end. And we need to focus on our king. And we need to focus on our God. And we need to pray, Lord, do something in our day. Have mercy, O God. And move again by your Holy Spirit. And save precious souls. You know, people say, you're wasting your time giving those out. Might be gospel tracts. You're wasting your time. I recognize where that's coming from. That's coming from the devil. That's straight from the pit of hell. You're never wasted preaching the gospel if you've prayed at first. It's never a waste of time reaching out to the lost. It's never a waste of time. I was down in Drumcollar in County Limerick and there was an old man and his name was Frank. 
And he came up and he, he, he was trying to get my attention and Maureen was with me. It was a cold day and the gospel trailer was parked in the middle of the square and I was letting fly with the gospel and Maureen was talking to me and I was looking at her as if to say, are you trying to say something to me and I'm preaching the gospel? She was trying to get my attention. There's a man behind you and he wants you. So I turned around and there was this old man behind me and he said, could you move your trailer a small bit? I'm trying to get into my house. And I moved the trailer a small bit and he was so thankful, he was so gracious. He didn't understand the gospel. He didn't understand about being saved. But he said to me, he said, you're doing a good work. He said, you're doing a good work. And he brought me out two bags of turf for the fire. I was going to take picture of, pictures of him and send them to the leader of the Green Party. I'll burn turf in my fire and timber and coal in my fire. Lord of all nonsense. And you know, I was back down there again and we were talking to this garage men and Pat was with me the same day. God was mightily blessing us with divine appointment after divine appointment. And the next time we met this, these two fellows in the garage and he said, I started telling them about the Lord and how I was saved. I know, he said. I said, how do you know? He said, I heard you. I said, where did you hear me? I heard you down the street. She thought there was no one listening. I heard you down the street some weeks back. See, there was a fellow there at a van. And if he was getting something out of his van, he must have had, you know, he must have had memory loss or something because he was going from one door to another door to another door. I mean, he was listening. That must have been him. It's never a waste of time preaching the gospel. It's never a waste of time preaching the gospel. I met another man in Broadford County, Limerick, and I pulled up outside his house and lovely little cottage, and it was the half door. I love the old cottages. And he came out, and the first thing he said to me was, and he looked at the signs in the trailer, and none save men. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, he said, pointing at the trailer, the word of God. Those Christians would say, ah, oh, you need to have love, brother. You need to be wise. You need to have love. They're ashamed of the gospel. As Christians are ashamed of the gospel. There's ministers that are unable to preach the gospel. It's not, that they've, not just that they've stopped preaching the gospel. They've gone away from the gospel and they're not able to preach the gospel. They've lost it. They've lost it. It's a gift from God. And they're telling old stories, old stupid old stories. And they talk about the love of God and they leave out the cross and they leave out the hell. You know, as though there's no such place as hell. Unsafe people are more, more sensitive. Unsafe people have more, have, more, have more light in them. How is it possible? I got out and I gave him a card and on the back of the card was a song I'd written. And he sang the song with me there in the middle of the street outside his house and a gospel trailer outside his house. And we sang the song together. And I was so encouraged because the gospel was in the song. The gospel was in the song. It's never a waste of time. They said, we do not well today, for this is a day of good tidings. And I want to tell you today in Dungannon, today in, in, in the lifeboat, this is a day of good tidings. Because we have the gospel. It's still the day of grace. Godless ministers and politicians, they can still be saved. It's not up to you and it's not up to me to discard people because they've rejected us. While they've breathed, there's an opportunity for them to accept Christ. If Jeremiah was going on results, he would have given up at the very start of his ministry. He just did what God gave him to do. 
He left the consequences to God. Ezekiel, similarly. It's not about us deciding. And if we were picking people for heaven, it would be a bad day, wouldn't it? Do you know why? We wouldn't have picked ourselves. We can get self-righteous as believers and we can say, so-and-so heard the gospel so many times, therefore that's it. It's not for you to decide. It's not for me to decide. You know, people, I met a woman recently, 40 years after I had worked with her husband, and she was so against the gospel. And he came to the side, the same day I went to the dentist, actually. He came to the side of my car and Pat was in the passenger seat, and he shouted, he said, the preacher man, the preacher man, he said, 40 years on after I've been working with him. And his wife came to the side of the car, and she was softened. See, God is able to deal with people. God is able to deal with people in circumstances. He deals with us. You know, we can, God is able to get us to change our mind. God is able to give us a change of heart and a change of direction. We can't make people repent. Repentance is a gift from God. What can we do? Tell more people. You see, my thinking with the gospel is this, that if I came up yesterday and I didn't bring the trailer, which was my own personal selfish choice, but by grace, by the grace of God, I brought the trailer. There are people that are thinking about the Word of God as a result of that journey yesterday. There's people being challenged by the Word of God. There's people being spoken to. Maybe they were angry. It doesn't matter. That's nothing to do with me. But they have to be given the opportunity to present to them the Word of God. And I thank God that these lepers realized this day is a day of good tidings. And I thank God. That's what keeps me going as a Christian. If I go out in an outreach, it's the prospect of someone going to meet someone today. And afterwards you say, wow, the timing. The timing of God's timing is absolutely incredible. I often wonder, does he have us on a piece of string? You know, even if there's a traffic jam, even if there's a delay, even if there's an accident on the road, and you meet the person, you say, I would not have met that person if I hadn't pulled in there to get a, a bottle of water, whatever the case may be. God's timing. But you know something? I've never seen a traffic jam with ministers and preachers going to outreaches. Different directions. You see, people are in the churches, but they're dead in their, in their pews. It wasn't me that said it in the scripture in Revelation. It says, you have a name that you live, thou livest, but are dead. Who said that? Who was it said it? The Lord said it. Have we, have we a name that we live? Oh, such and such a fellowship. Sound. Oh, yeah, sound. But are we alive? Are we alive? Are we moving in the Spirit of God? Do we know what it is to be prompted by God? I thank God for these lepers. They had a change of mind. They had a change of heart. And they had a change of direction. What did they do? Because they realized that they didn't do well. This is for us today. And because they realize that this is a day of good tidings, how could it be a day of good tidings and people eating asses' heads? And the story I told you about the, the two babies, how could it be a day of good tidings? Because of God's word that was promised the day before. We have to go back to the promise of God. That's what made it a day of good tidings. What did they do? If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. I want to ask you today, what's going to happen to you? If you tarry and wait and don't do what God is asking you to do. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief is going to come upon us. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt what will happen. You'll stand in front of God and you'll account to him 
for the people you didn't tell, for the places you didn't go, and for the things that you didn't get involved in. You will give an account to God. That's absolute, 100% certain. But you can say like the leper said, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. If we tarry till, and we hold our peace, we hold our peace. That's called the devil's peace. Sitting in the company of the unsaved and saying nothing. Neighbours next door going to hell and down the road going to hell. And we, get, we were blessed this morning at the meeting. We had a great meeting last night. We are so encouraged. Oh, what a powerful meeting. You want to hear this person speaking. Here, I'll send it on to you. I'll send it on to you on WhatsApp. And our neighbour's going to hell. God grant that we will be woken up and stirred and moved by the Holy Spirit to get up and go out and obey God and say, Lord, here I am. There's one lad that comes in the outreaches with us and I thank God, you know something, we all have our conditions, but God is using us. And you know, he says he's petrified going out. And I said, Jim, that's not a problem. I said, as long as you go out. But you know, when you go out, he's relying on the Lord. I'd rather someone go out that way than go out in the confidence in themselves. He says, I'm petrified. But he said, when I go out, he said, I feel better, he said, when I go. And this is the, this is the obedience. You won't know God's blessing. God's not going to give it to you in a place. You've got to obey God like these lepers did. We hold our peace. What did they do? They said, therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. What did the lepers do? They didn't give them food. They didn't carry them food. They went and told them where the food was the provision was. They went back to the city and to the gate of the city with the message. They went back to tell. What did Jesus say? Go ye and tell. 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 He told us to go and preach the gospel to every creature. To share the gospel. Can you give out a gospel tract? Are you ashamed to give out a gospel tract? Wear a duffel coat. Pull up the hood. Give it out and run away. Make sure they don't see your face. They can still get saved. Overcome the fears. It's the fear of men. It brings a snare. It's a miserable existence if you're bound by the fear of men. And if you're bound by the fear of men, you are not going to survive in the days that's coming upon us. You will not survive as a Christian in the days that we're heading into if you're bound by the fear of men. What do I pray about the fear of men? I say, Lord, take away from me the fear of men and fill me with the fear of God. Fill me with the fear of God. I'll tell you, the fear of God will drive you where you never thought you'd go. The fear of God. The terror of God. What does it say? Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And of course, Paul also said, the love of Christ constrains us. It's the love of Christ. And I thank God for these lepers. We don't hear much about them. We like talking about Elijah, don't we? And Elisha. What about the four lepers? And they came back to the gate with the message. Verse 10 tells us, So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told him, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither vice of men. But horses tied. The horses were tied. Isn't God incredible? Have you known the blessing of God and the provision of God? I was telling them, our brother and, and sister coming in this morning into the meeting, how that when I bought this car, I never knew it was an all-wheel drive car. I honestly didn't know. And I told the owner after getting it, and because I had to change the oil, and it was a problem changing the oil because they had to take off the manifold to get at the oil filter. And uh, I told the owner, I said, you never told me, I said, Donald, that that car was an all-wheel drive. 
Do you know what he said to me? He said, if I knew that, he said, I wouldn't have sold it to you. He never knew it himself. Why was it an all-wheel drive? Because God knew to be pulling the gospel trailer. God doesn't make any mistakes. God's provision is absolutely incredible. You don't know God's provision if you're not walking with God. If you're not moving in the, in the Spirit and led by the Spirit of God. And these men came back with the message and they said the horses were tied, the asses were tied. So we've gone now from an ass's head for the dinner to a provision of asses tied with the horses and all the food that they could eat. What did the Bible tell us? He called the portress and uh, told it to the king's house. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we have been hungry. I'm not, going to even, I'm not even going to read it because he sickens my guts, that king. He was a useless king. He was a godless king. And he got it wrong again. But even in spite of him, God provided for his people. And God put an end to the, 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 the starving. God put an end to the famine. God provided. And he used four lepers. He used four lepers. They hadn't gone, I, I, I don't read anything about him going to a particular college, to, you know, theological seminar or whatever they call it. People have gone into seminars with a heart for God and they've come out for, of seminars and they don't believe in God at all. Lord of all nonsense. Lord of all rubbish. Why not the feet of Jesus? They said that there's, there's a revival on in such and such a place. Let's book our flights and we go over and get the revival. And I said to the Lord, I said, do I go over there? Do I bring my bucket over on the, on the plane? And I said, I'm going to get my blessing so I can bring it back. But sure, if I spend a fraction of the time it takes in the, flight, the plane journey, won't I have a revival at home? You can have your revival if you determine to spend time in the presence of God. You can have the blessing of God if you determine that I'm going to spend time today. And God is my witness. And I, God is listening to me today. And he knows if I'm telling the truth. When I go home today and I know there's a lovely dinner laid on for me, the most important part of my day is time with God before I come back here tonight. Before I come back here tonight. And before I get into my bed tonight, and I thank God for the rest I had last night, before I go to bed tonight, I want to spend time with my Saviour. I want to be in his presence. I want to give him thanks for all his benefits. You're blessed today, you're breathing today, you got up, how many breaths did you take since you got up this morning? And you enjoy the benefits of all God's goodness. Will you go to bed tonight and not even thank him? Not even give him a little bit of time to say, Lord, I just want to come to you. I want to spend time in your presence. Here, here I am, Lord. I'm opening your word. Will you show me your word? This day is a day of good tidings. We have the gospel. We have the word of God. It's, it will be bent. It will be bent. Absolutely will be bent. I got thousands of John's gospels. God provided every single one of them. There's maybe 60 or 70,000 gone out. And I looked at them and I said, Lord, they're not moving lately. I said, I'm asking you, please now, please, Lord, that they'll move on. And then a brother comes, he takes two boxes. Another brother takes another box. Another box goes up to Offaly. And I said, praise God. I said, no, Lord, give, provide more. Because you know something? We won't be able to do it in the near future. And if you do do it, you'll be arrested. We'll be arrested because of the wickedness that's coming on our world. We're in the last days, friends. I pray and I plead with you. Get into the presence of God. Spend time in prayer. Seek God's face. Start. Start to say, Lord, I don't want to pray. I don't want to pray, Lord. That's a start, isn't it? I don't want to pray. Never wanted to pray. Give me a desire to pray. Give me a desire to pray. Get into the presence of God and see what he'll do in your life. And he can use you 
mightily. He could even use me. He could use the likes of me. And I thank God for his mercy today. And I pray that you will learn something from the four lepers who had the meetings. And they said they would go to the camp of the Syrians. It was the best decision they ever made. And whatever people thought about those four lepers, they were gonna, maybe they had another meeting and maybe they had a good old laugh. I don't know. And they could have said, boys, of all the people, God used us. Isn't that amazing? And imagine, we, imagine if we hadn't decided to go into the, the camp of the Syrians. That was the key. And the moment that they made that decision, God worked. They didn't know what God was doing. And when you decide to obey God, he will work in your life. You know, you want your family members to be saved. Well, try reaching other family members. Try witnessing to others. Try witnessing to others. Because, you know, my experience as a Christian is this. You look after God's business, and he'll look after yours. That's my testimony as a Christian when I was even working in the courier business. And I'd close with this. I was coming out of Achanish Illumina one day, and I was heading to Dublin. I was the wrong side of Dublin, and I was, I was, I was under pressure in the courier business. And I knew coming out of Ahanishalumina that Fines was to my right. And there's always a ship in Fines, very often a Russian ship. And I actually turned my head so that I wouldn't see it. I was driving, he says, I was going to Dublin. And the Lord, I knew the Lord wanted me to go to Fines. And I turned left for Dublin, Limerick and Dublin. And I, I wrestled with that steering wheel. I wrestled with that steer. Talk about tick. I was tick. And I said to the Lord, grabbing the steering wheel, I said, I have a business to run. That's what I said to the Lord. I have a business to run. And the Lord said to me, he said, you look after my business and I look after yours. I turned that car, that, that van around and off I went to fines and God mightily blessed. And I got to Dublin and I got all the work done as well. God is no man's debtor. You obey God. The, the woman was told by the prophet, make me a cake first. Make a cake for me first. That was hard, wasn't it? And that's what God's saying to you today. He's asking for first. He's asking you spend time in the presence of God. And you know something? If one person here today, if their prayer life is, life is transformed, if their life is transformed in relation to reaching out to the lost, if their life is transformed and said, I'm going to spend time in the Word of God, I've been neglecting it. I haven't been spending time in God's Word. I'm going to do it today. And if you want to be blessed tonight, if some people will be back here tonight, do you want to be blessed tonight? Do you want the meeting to be blessed tonight? Try praying. Spend some time in prayer and God will bless you and you'll be a blessing to someone else as well. Thank you for listening this morning and may God bless his word to you. Amen.